streaming live. You're listening to AllFlavorsRadio.com. Pass the information. Extend the knowledge. A pleasant good evening to you all out there in all flavors land. How are you all doing? How are you doing? I am Wimbo77. And I'm naturally leaning. Good evening, everybody. Lovely, lovely to be on, on air. And Lily, how are you? Um, not great, but I'm here. Yeah, likewise, likewise. And we have a special guest coming in tonight. That's Jessica from Tiny Childcare. And we should be speaking to her and asking how she got into starting up childcare. In, she, she does it from home, so we're going to be speaking to her today. And our question is, you win the lottery, how would you go about telling your boss that you quit? Because I've seen some things in the news mm. and it's quite interesting. Yeah, whether funny. The thing I saw was quite funny. Yeah, so if you win the lottery, how would you go about telling your, your boss? So shout out to Charlie Muir and DJ Slim and also um, Mark Philogene. Great shows yesterday, guys. Um, I've not been 100%, so I've been zoned out and working most of the start end, so I've not been around. But I know you always do a fantastic job. So, Lily, jumping straight in there to our national day. Did you notice what the national day was? So, today is National Thrift Shop Day. Mm. And it says, on National Thrift Shop Day, on August the 17th, get ready for some bargain shopping. Nearly every town in the United States offers a thrift shop or secondhand store, mm. so there's no excuse not to celebrate. So obviously this is a US holiday, um, a US national day, but we have quite a few thrift shops here in um, England. Yeah, I do like a thrift actually. Same. I like a good bargain. I've got some really great bargains from the thrift, thrift shop or the secondhand shop. Yeah. Although what I find these days is that they're getting a bit too pricey. Yeah, I remember a little while ago, it's a couple of years ago now, and I saw a dress I liked on the rail. Mm. Still had the tag on it. It was a lovely Dorothy Perkins dress. But mm. Dorothy Perkins were charging eight ninety nine. How much do you think the price of this dress was? I have no idea. Bearing in mind it was in a secondhand shop. Mm. Fourteen ninety. Oh, that's just a joke, isn't it? <laughs> they was they were charging more than the original shop charged. Um you know, if I was to buy it brand new, it would have cost less. Mm. That was quite shocking. But yeah, I do, when I see a good bargain, I do like a good bargain. Yeah, so it's National Thrift Shop Day. Again, it's stateside, but we can always apply it to us. And we know that a thrift store is a charity shop, hospice shop, second-hand shop, consignment or resale shop. Those um, resale shops are quite good. There's one that's just opened up in the How there. It's the... Adidas store. Is that what you'd say is a resale store? No. That's a, no. What do you mean? That's an outlet. Oh, it's an outlet. Is that different? different yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, so it's an outlet. So it's not the same as a thrift store. No, it's, it's not, not a thrift same. store. It's okay. Not the same. Yeah. So it says that they're charitable organisations, but what I've found out about these charitable organisations is that they generally only give 0.01% of whatever they've earned. So they've more turned into businesses as opposed to charity shop was born because people couldn't afford to buy things. Yeah. Hence you'd go to the charity shop, thrift store, 
and be able to buy something within your budget. Because you do wonder what happens to all that money. Because obviously, if you're going in and spending a tenner on a pair of trousers mm. and they've got, I don't know, 10 pairs of trousers for similar prices, that's £100 that could have gotten... To charity. to charity. Obviously, you've got to look at the overheads, but as a charity, the government gives them like a supplement. Yeah. So in that sense, it's uh, I don't think they have to pay as much, but uh, 0.01, what is that? £10 or 0.01, is that a pound? 0.01. Out of every 100? £10 is a pound, yeah. What, of 10? Or is it? No, it's 10 pence. 10 pence. So for £100... Pounds, They'll only get sort of a tenner, isn't it? Not one. One would be ten pounds. No, it is a pound. It's a pound for every ten pence. Not point one is a pound. Not point not one is ten pence. Yeah, it's not a lot, is it? Mm -mm. That's going to charity, and it's quite funny because I know that I have been to places like Africa. Mm. I've never ever seen a a British Red Cross. I've never ever seen uh, Oxfam. But I have seen, uh, there's a school that they have, um, The there's a special school that they have there. Can't remember the name of it, of which we donate to, take sort of books and stuff like that. Mm. But it's quite interesting when we really look into it, how much of a business that thrift, store, shopping, what, what really entails, is entailed there. So it says public donate, um, the public donates most items whilst, whilst volunteers staff the stores. Since the items are donated, prices are adjusted to lower cost to buyers. <laughs> That's not really true, though, is it? Like you said. I don't know, though, if it's different. <coughs> maybe they are paying a pound for a pair of trousers, for mm. example, whereby over here, secondhand shops are a business. They have become much more of a business. Mm. Um, so maybe it might be a bit different in America. But yeah. I know for... Saving money-wise, I actually find sometimes it's better just to go and buy brand new. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes you don't get the quality. Like, I've I found a lot of silver, mm. a lot, even gold, in charity stores. Yeah. Um, however, they're, they're cottoning on. Yeah. And I think there was a dress that I saw once, and it was ridiculous, like £80 for this dress, <laughs> because it was, I don't know if it was wow. Burberry or something like that. But it's just like, you guys are ridiculous. Yeah. And I've, I've actually stopped going. There's specific ones that I might go to. Mm. But then I've, I've kind of stopped as well. Because when you look at the ethics behind. But it also depends on what you're looking for as well. Yeah. Like, I remember I was, I was searching, searching for a foldable dining table. Um, and the brand new one I saw wasn't particularly what I wanted. Mm. Um and we went in the charity shop and we found one for a fraction of the price and it's mm. still, you know, my dinner table till today. Yeah. Um, and the same with, like, wardrobes and stuff like that I found quite reasonable. There used to be a a restore by us. Oh, yeah. And they this lovely did some store. really nice furniture in great there. Great furniture from there for, and yeah. really cheap. And yeah. it was quality. Yes. It was quality. Yeah. And you know that, that that table, I know the table you're talking about, that solid... Solid wood, yeah. That 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 was probably from, what, the 60s, 50s, maybe 40s, that kind of design. I think maybe 50s, 50s, Yeah, 60s, but yeah. still, come on, when you buy furniture these yeah. days, it just, no, nothing is made to last, is it? Two pieces of plastic stuck together. Right, you yeah. see? So it, it, it is 
beneficial, you know, so there's other ben- benefits of um, thrifting because it says we can redecorate on a budget. Yeah. They have lots of nice vases, yeah. curtains, all that kind of stuff. And sometimes it's, br- it's, like you said, you saw the one from Dorothy Perkins. It's brand new, yeah. Brand new, never worn. Someone's bought it, didn't want it, thrown it away. Yeah. So in some cases, the stuff that you're getting is yeah. brand new. That's not a bad thing, is it? So we can redecorate on a budget, mm. dress for less, mm-hmm. as we've spoken of, and also enhance our budgets by saving money, thrift shopping. And yeah. it's fun trying to find a bargain, isn't it? It is. And I like the last one, Expand Your Library. I find some of the best mm. books I've, I've got at home are from um, secondhand shops. And some of my... Um, what they call reference academic books. Oh, that's the best place to go for academic books. Absolutely. I found loads of academic books from thrift stores. That's the first place I go is to the bookshelf. And I have bought some amazing Mm. books as well. So, I mean, there's there's, um, something for everyone, I guess. And they've missed something off here. What's that? Vinyl records? What's yeah, the... vinyl and games. Yes. We found a couple of board games from, oh, from yeah. second-hand shops as well. Yeah. Like, I guess it's quite old school, those things now. Like, Not a lot of people might sit around the table and play a board game, but I still quite, I still quite enjoy a board Love game. Love it. Like Trivial Pursuit. Now, yeah. that's about, what, um, £40 for Trivial Pursuit, yeah. isn't it? And we got the adult version and the kids <laughs> version. <laughs> there you go. So how do we observe um, hashtag thrift shop day so to observe hashtag thrift shop day you need to obviously do the hashtag thrift mm-hmm. shop day seek someone special oh gosh seek some specials at the thrift shop in your area mm-hmm. if you have items you no longer use consider donating them check your local thrift shops for deals and make a day of shopping with a friend yeah another option is to find out how to volunteer and use the National Thrift Shop Day hashtag to post on social media. And that is a thought, actually. Sometimes it's not just about going and buying from the thrift shop. Mm. It's about um, donating to the thrift shop. But do check, because I know some charity shops are getting a bit bougie now, where they don't take bags of clothes. Yeah. Um, but there are some other, not shops, but some um, charities um, that you can drop off close to and you can get them to come and pick them up yeah. from you as well i got one the other day um it's from the council are doing something like that's called viola yeah so I, i've already filled up one bag because we know there comes a time we're gonna throw get rid of stuff yeah um so viola i think that's a charity that they um quite big charity where they source secondhand stuff and send it out yeah. around the world um in the states there's a cha- there's a charity shop that you take your clothes to, and they'll pay for the clothes. So they take the oh, good I've ones. got a, I've got a reference for that in England. In really? The UK is there well. one yeah. here? There's one where they weigh your bags, right? Um, and they pay you for the weight of the bag, and they do it according to like clothes, toys, mm. um, and stuff, and shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one it takes the individual items. Oh wow! And they'll say, yeah, we'll take this, we'll give you that. And the woman, she, she must have come out with about seventy dollars. Oh wow! Mm. Yeah, about seventy dollars for the bag. So National Thrift Shop Day, history. We we were unable to find the origin of National Thrift Shop Day. But we can, it kind of speaks to itself when we think about it, isn't it? It's a charity shop. 
right? Yeah, I'm sure it's most probably someone who, um, you know, like you said, you can register a ch- uh, national day that you'd like to observe. So mm. someone obviously thought, hey, I like thrift shopping, let's make this a national day. Yeah, and we know that it's all about the charity and, like you said, volunteering, giving back and really helping others that are in need although I do feel that they're a bit out of control when it comes to pricing some of this stuff but yeah. then you can get the odd um, charity shop where you can pick up some serious bargains as well yeah isn't it so frequently asked questions then when's the best time to shop at a thrift store uh, many say Monday and Tuesday are the best days uh, because lots of donations are made on the weekend um, however, thrift shops still need time to go through the first through the items first, so it takes time. However, mm. shopping early and often, sorry, early and often, yeah. <laughs> might be your best option for the best finds. So get in there as soon as they open before everyone kind of rushes the thrift. I have always seen this thing on, um, obviously it's Hollywood, mm. um, but. You know, once they open the doors, everyone rushing in to get what they the want bargains. and stuff like that. Um, I guess it's a bit like what happens on Black Friday. Everything's yeah. a fraction of the price. The sales. People go crazy, but um, yeah, get there early. I look for the Red Cross. I'm going to start carrying a red biro with me and just making my own crosses. Oh my gosh. Not really, guys. I'm only joking. But, yeah, they have a Red Cross as well where everything's 99 pence. I mean, come on. You can't get any better than that. I found a really beautiful, um, what is it? Gosh, I can't remember the name. You know, like designer labels. Yeah. So, Armani, Emporio Armani jacket for 99 pence. And that dress that you bought, the one that was like 350 on on the rail. Um, It was 300 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. And that cost, that wasn't that that And that was brand new, wasn't it? It had the tags and everything on it. It It was £300. I got it for £17.50. Wow. I thought that was a steal. Yeah. That was just like, I mean, I've only worn it once. That's a bargain. But. (laughs) But with those kind of things, you can just wear them once. Yeah. Yeah, but that's a waste as well. Yeah, remember we spoke about um, the clothing trade? Yeah. I guess that's another way that we can alleviate that pressure as well. Yeah. um, By going to a thrift shop thrift store and buying there as opposed to going and buying brand new because we spoke remember a while ago about um even though something yeah yeah even though something's cheap what is the labor that goes on really behind it so i guess doing that it it um it helps to alleviate that pressure as well so hashtag national thrift shop thrift store is it day thrift shop thrift shop day but you can't okay. get everything from a thrift shop people you can't go and get your car seats mm, and, yeah you know things like that those need to be brand new yeah um i think a lot of people do donate things like that actually to yeah. thrift shops and i have actually got a car seat myself that i was gonna get rid of mm. um realize you can't actually donate those kind of things because people won't be able to use them no and i mean you wouldn't buy underwear come on and swimming costumes uh, <laughs> sorry like it says um do people really donate that stuff looks though? like it and makeup you wouldn't, unless I it's packaged makeup in a second hand shop though if it's brand new that's fine 
but using something that someone else has used. And things like um, earrings, you know, like the stud earrings. Yeah. Don't buy stud earrings because you but don't know buying, the person. Buying a stud is the same as buying a hoop earring. That's gold from a second Unless you really sterilise that before you put it in your ears. Yeah. That's the suggestion to make. But yeah. certain little things like that, you just got to think twice before... Um, yeah, trying it on, and because you don't know whose ears that's been in, Ugh. isn't it? Yeah. So just those kind of things. But, um, it's crazy. Underwear. Wow. Yeah. Underwear, bathing suits, and makeup. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Why would you want someone else's makeup though, as well? Like, why wouldn't you? I mean, you can go and get makeup for a pound now from a pound shop. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and they're good shades as well. Like, you're not. Looking pasty, it's yeah. still branded stuff that you're getting for a pound, but you're just getting it from the pound. Yeah. So those are like the do's and don'ts, kind of. It says any article of clothing, should I wash clothing, I buy it at thrift, thrift store. Yes. So it says any article of clothing you buy should be washed before wearing, with the exception of anything that requires dry cleaning. That's a thought. Do you always wash your clothes? That you buy from, I mean, I know you don't do a lot of shopping, but do you always wash them before you buy them, after you buy them? Not always, not the brand new stuff, but I guess you should. Just, yeah. Because you don't know with things like fleas. I don't People know. tried it on and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, but then you go in the shop and someone tries it on. Is that the same? Does that work on the exactly. same premise? So if someone is, if you're trying on clothes in the shop and you're like, no, I don't want this. How many people have done that with the same jumper before you did it? But that's if you go to a brand, even if you go to a shop where the clothes are brand new, that's what people. No, that's do. what I'm saying. Like when you go H H&M and yeah. or Zara or wherever, yeah. and you go and try on one of their latest jumpsuits. Mm. Oh. <laughs> yeah, how many people have tried that jumpsuit on before you? Yeah, and how many of them? I'd be it because that's the next conversation. Now, how often <laughs> in the week should you have a bath? Yeah, let's stop it. How did you hear that conversation? Oh my goodness, this is the new thing that's going on at the moment through... It's in the celeb world. Right. They asked... um, I can't remember who it was, but there was someone that was on a news Mm -hmm. interview and she said, oh, well, that's the big question at the moment, this whole bathing thing. How, How often do you bathe? And she goes, well, I don't bathe every day. She goes, usually I just, you know, when I, <laughs> when I feel dirty. And I was kind of like, but I feel dirty. Like yeah. now I feel like I want to go home and have a bath after I finish yeah. work. Do you know what I mean? Have a shower. Been on the underground, work. all that exactly. stuff. Have you ever blown your no- nose after coming out the underground? Please, I can't. And these people are bathing two, three times a week. Well, some of them use baby wipes to wash with. That's just nasty. Yes, I have actually um, seen that. So, Wow. That's nasty. But, but she actually said out loud, I don't see the need for a, sh- a shower every day. Again, it's going back to traditions. No, that's not <laughs> that tradition. spoke about that last is, week. No, 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 no. That is not tradition. That is cleanliness. It's cleanliness, but some people... Cleanliness. We shed, we shed hair, we shed skin, we shed... We sweat, we... We, we... You, you know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? All those things that you do in the day, at least, at least, minimum... <laughs> once a day yeah. in the shower and that's not I'm not I don't mean go and get your flannel and wipe your body no you stand wash, let the you water wash fall off you yeah and yes you must wash your legs as well because people don't think they need to wash their legs and their feet <laughs> well what wow. are your thoughts out there beautiful people 
you know, oh how many times gosh. a day do you bathe? Is it is it not is it normal to not have a bath? I mean, we know that that's in in this household. No, it's like an everyday thing. Sometimes Two, twice, three times a day. Sometimes. Right, right, because how it's hot out there as well. Mm-mm. I've I've smelt some heated bodies on the on the tube, and it's not nice. Oh, oh. and now we're going back to the, the sardine packet in the train. Like before really? it was all right, you know, you could fling your bag there and no one would sit mm. there, and you still had a space in between. But now people are packing back in like sardines and. I was I was under one man's armpit once, uh, and the white. Uh, but who knows? Who knows, beautiful people? What are your thoughts as regards to um, National Thrift Shop Day? And that's what today's National Day is, stateside. So, going into our history, and it's lovely because in 1897, a very special man was born. 87. Yeah, 1897. Huh? Oh, 1887. I've got two dates here. 1887. Yeah, yeah. And that is our brother, Marcus Garvey. In full, Marcus Messiah Garvey. Mm. Yeah, he was born on August the 17th in St. Anne's Bay, Jamaica, and died June the 10th in 1940. He didn't live very long. 60 years? Yeah, 60... Was that 67? No. 63. So he was a charismatic black leader who organised the first important American black nationalist movement. That's in 1919. Well, that's quite interesting because that was... um, Was that 1919 was the World War, wasn't it? Um, Yeah, I think it started in 1914 to 1918. Okay, is that the first or that second? That was the first, first World War. And then the Second World War started in 1939. Can you believe it? World Wars. And now with this whole Afghanistan thing going on. But yeah. that's for another time. So based, he was based in New York City, Harlem. And he was largely self-taught as well. So born in Jamaica, but self-taught. He attended school in Jamaica until he was 14. And after travelling Central America and living in London... This well travelled. Yeah. Um, he returned to Jamaica where with a group of friends he founded the Universal Negro Improvement and Conservation Association and African Communities League, also called um, Universal Negro Improvement Association, UNIA, which sought, among other things, to build an African and black governed nation. It's amazing. Mm. I don't think there's been anyone else like him after that well they have there have been other leaders that have been tried to match the Marcus Garvey um, level mm. um, you had people like the civil rights civil rights movers in the 60s so the Malcolm X's and mm. um, what's the other one um, Martin Luther King yeah so they were they usually mentioned it in the three, aren't they? Marcus Garvey, Malcolm X and Martin Luther King Jr. But he yeah. seemed to have headed it up. Um, it says, failing to attract... A following in Jamaica. Following in Jamaica. Garvey went to the United States in 1916. He soon established branches of the UNIA in Harlem mm. and the other principal ghettos of the North 
1919, the rising Black Moses, that's how he was referred, mm. claiming claimed a following of about 2 million. Wow. Though the exact number of the association members was never clear. From the platform of the association's Liberty Hall in Harlem, he spoke of a new Negro proud of being black. His new, new uh, his newspaper, Negro World, told of the exploits of heroes of the race and the splendours of African culture. Mm. So he was... You, I, I have heard um, and read about how he inspired others with the us going back to our roots and looking at what our African culture mm. was. Yeah. Um, because I think... I feel like that's a problem for a lot of African-American... Mm, I use the term... Americans of African descent. Yeah. A lot of them have identity issues because they don't know, they can't trace the roots. their roots back. Yeah. Um, and I was watching something today where the young girl was saying that it's a national, their nationality is um, American, but their ethnicity is African American because they can only trace their roots back to slavery. But they, they were very good, um, the slave masters at keeping books. So. But some Is of it, them can't even trace it back. So it's not like the slave masters might have kept the lineage from when they were right. in the Americas. Yeah, but pre back. that, it wouldn't yeah. have said, you know, what was his name? Um, not Tunde. Why am I thinking Tunde? I don't know. Toby. Yeah. The guy from Kunta Kinte. That's the one I'm thinking of. Kunta Kinte from Ivory Coast. It wouldn't mm. have said that from that tribe, from that nation. So he wouldn't have directly been able to trace his roots back to Africa. Yeah. They knew that their ancestors were African, but were in Africa. And actually, a lot of them, even though they have African roots, one thing that, another thing I've learned is that we fail to re- realise they didn't kill off all the Tainos and the Arawaks. They so killed a, lot, off a lot of them, yeah, but yeah. a lot of them were working with the slaves, and they had enslaved them at the same time. So the they Indians have those would roots work. as well. The Indians would not do, the but some of them do have do have roots, yeah, in of native roots, yeah. But yeah. because they can't trace them, they're so it's the line stops short, yeah, yeah. So that that is a bit tough. But what's really beautiful is the fact that we can go back to Africa, regardless mm. of wherever we want to go. And you feel a sense of belonging, you feel yeah. a sense of being home. Yeah. Like, for me, Kenya always called. Yeah. So when I went to Kenya, it was like fulfilling a, a dream since I was six years old. Wow. I wanted to go since I was six years old, wanted to go to Kenya. Yeah. And just the whole culture and just having the, your feet on African soil, yeah. there's nothing like it. I and mean, a lot of people are going back now, aren't yeah. they? Even if they're not... Um, directly linked, say they might have Guinea roots, but they're going mm. back and building homes in Ghana. Large diaspora. A lot yeah. of them have gone back. Yeah, yeah, it's a large. And that's good because as a Garveyite, I think that's what they called people that followed yeah. Marcus Garvey, that that was part of his whole ethos was that we would go back to our roots yeah. and find out who we are, are as a people. Yeah. Regardless, because Africa it has the same structure, everything's kind of the infrastructure's pretty similar. Mm. No matter what country you go within Africa, it's quite it's quite um, it's the same. Yeah, and so, so, so to, um, that blacks would be respected only when we were economically strong, and I truly believe that. And he preached an independent black economy within a framework of white capitalism. 
Yeah, to forward these ends. I don't ends. Know if I agree with that statement. No, why is that? <coughs> because <coughs> I feel like it takes a bit more than financial intellect, financial independence and financial stability mm. for us as a black community to be able to surpass the um, stereotype that is put upon us. And mm. the reason I say this is currently I'm coming a lot across a lot of um, male versus female negativity. The black male was saying that all black women are like this, I've heard and then that, the yeah. black woman is saying, "Oh, all men are like this." And then you've got people in between that are like, "Why are you guys fighting against one yeah, another when yeah. we should be united?" Yeah. But then you still got some of the negativity coming from obviously black men that are with white women, mm. and they seem to have to give a reason for it. And there are black women that we really don't care what you're doing. Yeah. But there are those black women that are also generalising and stereotyping if my black men aren't this and they don't work and they can't hurt. And it's like, well, of course there's not going to be any unity because, no, okay, women are empowering women and men are empowering, empowering men. Mm. And we're now becoming financially knowledgeable. Yeah. But we're both fighting against each other. So that's another obstacle that we now have to overcome because it's of another seed that some yeah, some sown, white sown, man somewhere. has sown somewhere else. The sad thing is, like he taught like we're going back, he taught the blacks would be respected only when we were economically strong. And we've kind of reached that plateau of being economically strong mm. economically strong. But what you're saying is that we have turned on each other and we're not supporting each other. I don't think that. we're economically strong. I think really? we're, we're only economic. No, the Jews are economic, economically strong because they keep their money in between them. Mm. The Chinese, the the um, Asians, they're economically strong. They might not be accepted by the white people, but they are economically strong as a race or mm. nation because they circulate their money in between. They don't bite back. They don't. Pick on their brother. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas within the black community, I might be rich, but I'm still looking down on my brother and not willing to give them a helping hand. There are some of us that are trying to pull others up, you know, what as you can see them coming up. Um, but there's also those that aren't speaking up, and if they are financially free or financially stable, yeah they're still answering to the others or they're still trying to match up to their... The thing is, what i found is even trying to raise people up yeah. that sometimes don't want to take the steps in order to be elevated. So and that's a hard thing. to move on from and move on to the next one. Okay. okay. Because it's true, you can't, you can't help everybody. No. You can't help everybody. Even within the white community... You would think for a race who literally have everything made for them, why mm. do they still have poor white people? Yeah. And I'm talking about in America, I'm not talking about so much in here. Why do you still have those poor white people that are at the bottom of the barrel and they are lower than us technically, yeah. financially? You have everything set out for you. Why are you there? Mm. Um, but it's the state of mind, but isn't it? Exactly. So yeah. you can't help everybody. But mm. those that you are trying to help... If they don't know how to see sense or if they don't know how to take your advice, all right, cool, move on to the next one. Mm, yeah. You can't let them hold you back. And I think that's what Marcus Garvey really, what he, I guess that's what he was trying to instill. Yeah. But 
obviously you've got to make progress yeah. in life. So th- you have those ones that want to move with the times and make progress mm-hmm. and those ones are quite happy to just stay as they are. And I guess there's nothing wrong with that, but we have to make that progress in yeah, life, right? Of course. So, so to forward the, um, these ends, he established the Negro Factories Corporation and the Black Star Line in 1919. That was his boat, wasn't it? As well as a chain of restaurants and grocery stores, laundries, a hotel and a printing press. He reached the height of his power in 1920 when he presided at an international convention in Liberty Hall with delegates present from 25 countries. That's amazing. He, Mm. He really did achieve a lot. He did. It says the affair was climaxed by a parade of 50,000 through the streets of Harlem, led by Garvey in flamboyant array. That was him in the, the, we see him with that feather in his cap and in the the carriage. And he, I mean, look what he'd done up until that point, um, establishing things like his black line of factories, restaurants, grocery stores. He really had vision. And you know those people that you sometimes come across and they're like, oh, I can't do this because this person has told me I can't and I mm. haven't got this and I haven't got that. When you look at people like Marcus Garvey, 1919, yes, we had supported a world war, but we were still going through segregation. Yeah, He's living in America. He's living in that society where black people were no blacks, no dogs, no Irish. Do you mm. know what I mean? Mm. And he managed to build that so-called empire for himself. Yeah. So when you have got those people that come and have excusitis, as we say, mm. the, you can't... Look at this example. that like He set the standard yeah. um, for us to follow and it, it really does speak a thousand words. So how? why is it then, back in that time, 1919 that Marcus Garvey could set this example, but we're still stuck in a place where we're not making those inroads. Because someone keeps on shaking the ant jar. Right. And we're, we're too focused on fighting with one another that no one is stepping back and is looking at Actually, as a collective, we are doing well for ourselves. Mm. Why are we arguing between ourselves? There's obviously something between... There's obviously something that someone else sees that's putting these things out there. Because you look at the race issue, for example, that happened in the Olympics. All of those people that were held back, it's almost like it it was to start an argument. Mm. Because... Again, it was people that were talented, black young women, young black men that were so talented and they posed a threat to people who weren't like, who didn't look like them. Is it the fact then that we're always posing a threat then? Because it shouldn't matter, should it? No, it should be, okay, I pose a threat to you, fine, but you keep on, we need to keep on doing what we're doing. Why, Why are we changing up ourselves? Um, to conform to conform yeah and then then there's the argument between us now yeah that it's like well we're now we're trying to compete against one another mm. when we're we shouldn't the argument shouldn't be between us we should just be continuing to better ourselves absolutely and that is the point isn't it marcus garvey he left a 
legacy, really, for us to follow, to show that even in 1919, he was able to accomplish these things. And although, sadly, he was imprisoned and indicted for mouthful in 1922, in connection with the sale of um, stock for the Black Star Line, he served two years in um, a five-year prison term. By 1927, his sentence was commuted uh, commuted by the US press, Calvin Coolidge, and he was deported as an undesirable alien. And I think they only done that. They probably only done that because they saw how influential that he actually was. Yeah. So they thought, oh, we can't have this guy going and filling their heads with, it's not foolishness, but with this grandiose ideas. With sense. Right? So yeah. we have to put a damper on it yeah. and have it as is. So he was obviously sent back um, to Jamaica. And then he went into virtual obscurity. I wonder how he felt after accomplishing so much. Do you know what, as well? He most probably had an ally. Mm. And who knows if the ally stuck by him or whatever. Mm. But it must have put him in in a place where he thought, I thought that I had support from them. Mm. And now I have nothing. Wow. So deflated. Yeah. Just dejected, rejected. Yeah. But then we know that we, we just have to keep going regardless of how many rejections or all this stuff that, again, that we, we, we're faced with. Yeah. That we, we just have to keep pressing forwards yeah. and just not giving up. And it's true. My friend today, she, she got a rejection from something that she really wanted to do. And she goes, mm. oh, it's fine. It just wasn't meant to be. I'll just move on to the next one. And I I was just like, yes, that is how I put... That is how we should think. It shouldn't be we sit here mulling in our negativity and why didn't they want me and all of this business. They said, no, what can you do about it? Nothing. Let's move on to the next one. And we we have more than 10 ideas in a year. Come on. Always. So if that idea doesn't work or if you're not making any forward inroads there, Mm. there's always another nine, whatever idea comes to mind that you can work in line with always another avenue absolutely so Sonia says I shower every day and also wash my hair every day but no you, you shouldn't so your hair keeps producing its natural oils yeah and dry scalps split ends but every hair is different so there's no rule for that <laughs> I guess it's so true, true. so it's true, true Sonia because at the end of the day yes we should bath every day that's in line to what we were speaking but about it's funny there. we've always been raised the opposite in, when it comes to hair you mustn't wash your hair yeah. too often yeah and actually i've learned the more i wash my hair the more it flourishes there you go i so. love washing my hair i don't wash it every day though wash it it's, two, three it's times a lot of work it's a lot of work it may just do mine it's just you've got to prep you've got to work yourself work up yourself to it work, work yourself yeah. up to it then you do it yeah so beautiful people we'll see y'all in five. That's the sounds of Gwen Guthrie. And we have on the line Jessica. Jessica, can you hear us? Yeah, I can. Hi, Jessica. How are you? I'm well, thank you. And you? How's your week? Yeah, yeah lovely, lovely to have you on board with us tonight. And oh, thank um, you for having me too. That's a pleasure. So, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Je- if I just give you a little bit of a big up, Jessica. Um, runs a childcare business. It's called the Tiny Nursery. So, can you uh, elaborate on that a bit for us, please, Jessica? Yeah. Yes. Hi. 
um, in, when we say tiny, yes, the name is like tiny because um, it's a nursery concept. We I just want to move away from child minding and all that. This is like I have my early years. I've made all these years. I've been in early years in big settings and um, various settings for various background of children, but. Then I wanted to bring it to home. Mm. And I know with a home, everybody says child-minded. But I still want that big educational thing at the back of my mind <coughs> to impact the children. So I just said, this is a nursery. Yeah. A nursery from the, a nursery, and a big nursery or a nursery from a setting into a home. And... Yes, that's why the name Tiny came out, but um, still using all the colloquial aspects of the EYFS and the Montessori aspects, everything. So it's just a nursery in the home, but I just wanted to shift away from um, the child minding because most people also, especially now coming to child, uh, child minding concept becomes a little bit less than a nursery. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, yes. So I wanted to put something like a little, is it a break on or put on the, yeah, put the break on on the, um, that aspect of child minding to bring or bring out child minding. Mm. And put the accelerator on and say, look, child minders are doing the same thing as nurseries are doing. But then when you come, it's yes, the environment, everybody's environment is different. Yep. Mine is a home, like from a home. So it's tiny. Yes. That's, that's a concept. That's, that's the concept of the name that's a great concept that's a really good concept in the fact that you've taken the child minding out of it and although you looking after young people um it's more of a nursery setting so they're learning as what opposed to just being looked after throughout the day is that is that what you're saying certainly 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 yeah. certainly taking care of all their overall development just being particular, paying attention to every detail of mm. them mm. and moving and trying to support them yep. to make a positive impact day by day. It yeah. doesn't come overnight, as yeah. you know. But what ages do you work with? Um, it's it's still tiny. Yeah, it's a, yeah, the umbrella is tiny, tiny agency. Yeah, tiny agency. Then, so, what is the age of children that you work with? The age of children. The age, is, yeah. Um, is I mainly one to five years. Yeah. But my specialization, like from the babies, I'm very capable of looking after the babies. But here I am. I want to deal with the two to three years. Mm. This is where, especially those with challenging language development or having to deal with their confidence yeah. before they get into their reception, their reception class. I just want to mold them yeah. in their best ability to bring out the best out of them so, and get them ready and get them ready for their reception class. So how do you help these young children with um, reaching their milestones? Every child, I don't, I don't have an umbrella 
or I don't have one concept. Every child is different, as mm. we all know. And every child comes to walk through to my door with different needs and different interests. Mm. So I use their individual needs and individual interests to, to help them with using various strategies. Mm. So is that teach, teaching strategies? Is that yes. teaching strategies? Pardon? What kind of, is it teaching strategies that you use? Yes, teaching, uh, yes. It, it, it's not only teaching, we're playing, playing, mm. playing, learning to play. And some children, how curious are they? Some children are very curious with their learning. Some of them investigative, asking questions, open-ended questions, mm. commenting on their um, play and all that also makes them also learn more you think you are just having a conversation with them but they come back the next day repeating what you have said expanding on, on what you have said then it, it makes you feel like oh they yeah. were listening to you they are learning yeah why don't we do this they carry on from what they were doing the day um the day before mm. or the previous week and they want to continue and build a this a child who likes singing how would you you want to make sure um the child Gets to know their numbers are right. Mm. How would you incorporate their singing? Yeah, mm. it sounds like a Piaget. Was it Piaget, Lily? Um, the schema, yes. yeah, Piaget, Piaget, yeah. So, you, you build on what they learn already, it's that scaffolding kind of learning, exactly. Yeah, it's a schema, it's using their oh, and also their schemas. Yeah. What, what is their child's schema? Yes. How can you help the child's schema and develop it? Into into their learning, and then that makes that makes them more confident, mm. and they feel like they are involved. They know, they know this is them. This is them. It awesome. comes. It makes their learning and playing come naturally. Yeah, it comes yeah. naturally without any impose imposing anything on them. Mm. And it's all about the environment as well. So, as an entrepreneur, then Jessica, yeah. how have you found establishing your business? Uh, I must say I've been blessed actually establishing it uh, um, has been smoothly up to now I hope it continues through word of mouth word of mouth has got me really this far mm-hmm. and yes so mainly it's just it's been word of mouth and in terms of resources um, I take it step by step which child comes through my door, mm. what the child will need, what the child will, I think will need in the next couple of months, mm. then I just swear I gather my resources awesome. and also improvise, try and improvise because of cost. Yeah. Try to improvise. And children love it. We do it with them, improvise mm. um, resources or materials with them, involving them. They yeah. get involved and it helps them mm. to look after their look after whatever they are doing as well and, and look after yes long actually look after it so um in terms of mm. resources i gather resources as i go along mm. according to their needs and yes so establishing it's yeah i've been like it's, it's not been a while it it's l- been about six months mm. since i started a typical pandemic starting mm. a business in a pandemic somebody mm. yeah. said wow how will it start as business in the pandemic but it's been good and that was the best time isn't it really to have started a business because I remember when I met you we were on our way back you saw my little one with me I know 
and the way that you used um, the natural elements, I could see you teaching the young um, oh. student that you had with you at the time, and you picked up picked the flower and you told her what it was. Mm-hmm. I found that quite you know just lovely to see that oh thank you yes that's why i say with the environment as well it's Mm. it's not only indoors children Mm. learn it we expose just like as adults we are not just it's not only what we learn from the classroom our life experiences what we see outdoor um people we meet and other other things incorporate our learning and make us better people yes so this is what i just like i have that um, long term, not a long. The focus of the foresight, mm. like looking my four background, looking forward, and saying that how will children also benefit? Mm. And you're often you're often registered, aren't you? Oh yes, um, I am. I am. Yeah, that's fantastic. So, how would you encourage younger people who would like to set up their own childcare business? I would say if they have the passion, mm. that is. The number one um, milestone uh, to establishing the business. If there's that passion, mm. they are they are ready to go. And I'm here. Uh, that's another thing. I'm not only looking um, after children. I want to support other people to come in. Here I am. If there anybody who needs my support, um, Tiny Two has made it very simple. Those who do not have childcare as their background, yeah, I was. I've been very lucky. Childcare has been my background, um, over eighteen years now. So those who, who do have childcare as their background, Tiny has made it possible for them to train in a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, for them to get onto this business ladder and with coaching i'm here as a mentor and also um, i'm the haringey lead for them uh, for for tiny so i'm here to support anybody who wants to come in so far as there's that passion and i would say it's a very rewarding it's rewarding yeah it's it's an rewarding job i every time i tell myself look when it comes to weekends i'm complaining oh i feel pain i feel (laughs) immediately i see the children it's gone I, I, I don't complain of anything. I say, how is that possible? Mm. It's just like, yeah, they take your joy. They take your, um, they don't take your energy. They make you just feel like, feel young and you just flow with the day. Yeah, that's true. And I want to also use this time, not being, I don't know whether to be, I don't know, sexist or anything, but a, especially with the young male entrepreneurs out there, uh, I am just pleading, using your channel and to say that if they are there with it, those who have passion for children, the young male entrepreneurs, please come out into the childcare business. Mm-hmm. Um, the children love the males too, from my observation. I just said, one day I have to write a dissertation about that. Mm-hmm. They wow. want that energy too around them. Mm-hmm. They want that change, not a ch- not complete change, but It'd be nice to have that variety also with them. And then, um, yes, and children will benefit overall as well when we have, we see that we find the mills, more mills in the childcare industry. And you've really hit the, the nail on the head there when you said, and it's, it's across the board, that we have to have a passion for whatever we inject ourselves into, that we, it's the passion that it's, that's got to be there and then everything yeah. will follow. Yes. So 
Where can we find you then, Jessica? Where can you find me? Yes. Yeah, I am on the tiny website of uh, my website tiny website if you uh, log in Tottenham Jessica on the tiny app you'll find me okay and, so um, you have an app tiny how do you spell tiny what um a small t-i-n-e-y yep and then Tottenham slash black horse road and they just put Jessica yep I'll pop up I'll pop up Okay, if you can email, if you can text that to me and I'll post that into the chat box. Oh, okay. In the chat room. I will. Yes, okay. Yeah. And um, then we'll also share it on our social media um, sections oh, as well. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Yes, so, and I'm on the Ferry Lane Estate as well. Anybody feel free yeah, to find me, yeah. Awesome, okay. awesome. Thank you so much for, um, for taking the time to speak to us today, Jessica. Oh, thank you for having me. It's thank a you pleasure. for having me and... Um, I welcome, I'm really looking forward to the youngsters who want to um, start any childcare um, business. It's doable. We need to help mothers out there who yep. have two, more children. Some we need, Mothers need some me time sometimes. Mm, That's yeah. another thing. Uh, yeah, we're looking at how we need to help mothers also to, uh, to have that little space. Sometimes it could be just an hour or two. It makes so much difference. Mm, definitely. It makes so much difference. So I'm trumpeting it. Uh, come in, childcare is doable. This is, is um, yes, passion. Once the passion is there, everything flows with you. The children will help you mm. to let you know what to do next. <laughs> Fabulous. So you can catch Jessica on the tiny website. She's going to um, give us the... Or text me in WhatsApp and I shall post her link into the chat box. We'll see y'all in five. Jessica, if you just stay on the line for me, okay? Thank you. Okay, I will. That one goes out to George Flavors. He says it's a big tune. And yeah, that was Carmichael, music lover. So, our word for the day, Lily. What's our word for the day? Our Before we jump into... Yes. Is? Is... Tussle. Tousle. 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 I have no clue what that means. <laughs> I have never seen that word in my life. No. It means untidy. Okay, tousle. Or to make untidy. Especially someone's hair. Oh, so your tousle is messy. Your hair. No. <laughs> yeah, see, it says to make untidy. Especially someone's hair. Let me tousle your hair. hair. Oh... Yes, Vic stood up in the mirror and tousled his hair, trying to get a cool, dishevelled look. Tousled. Mr. Siwa mm. grinned as he tousled a shih tzu named Sonny Boy, calling him a puffball. Oh, so when you know when someone goes up to you and they oh, ruffle it's your like hair. Ruffling the hair. Yes. Okay. Yes, so tousled is basically just ruffling somebody's hair. And it has no. Latin reference or anything. It's literally as is. Tousle is tousle. Yes. We must, what we must do actually, we're going to repeat the question that we we spoke about. You win the lottery, how would you go about telling your boss that you quit? And we have a winner for our exclusive All Flavours t-shirt as regards a couple of weeks ago um the pictures 
Oh, someone sent a picture. Someone sent some amazing pictures. That's wow. Pele. Pele Hoxton, you're a winner. You're a winner. Um, yes, uh, uh, Pele Hoxton sent in some great uh, pictures regarding... Of the landmarks the, in Tottenham. Not in Tottenham, in Greenwich. Oh. It was Woolwich Ferry. Woolwich. And very, very... He sent in lots of pictures, so oh, wow. he... Has every right to be a winner. Um, Pele, please send us your address so that we can get that out to you in the <coughs> post. And well done, well done for for winning that. So towels or Lily, just thought I'd have to quickly say that those that is the word That's for today. Towsel. So if you go and you ruffle someone's hair, you're towseling. Their hair. The tousling their hair. Yes. That's not a word that I'd like to add to my vocabulary, but no, okay. I've not heard it before. I'm still nothing has yet beat the bomb shoot. shoot. Yeah. <laughs> nothing that was the best shoot. so far. That has been the <laughs> best word of the day we have had. Because I can say it and feel no way about saying it and I know what it means. And when someone's like, What on earth are you talking about? Oh bumper shoot. The bumper shoot is the um, covering that you put over your umbrella. Amazing. Amazing. So, opportunities. We've got a few opportunities that are have come up. Yeah. And one of the, them is the, the um, thousand black men, or should I say 100,000 black men, interns seek 2,000 paid internships, which is really 10, good. 10,000, mum. Is it 10,000? Sorry, 10,000 10, black men. <laughs> They, they're offering 2,000 paid internships. Wow. So they've partnered with 24 different sectors delivering internships across the, the range of in, internal business fa- um, functions. And each internship offered presents the opportunity to change your career, prospects and life. So the internships <coughs> are offered um, at companies such as... So we've got Goldman Sachs, Bloomberg, woof. American Express, NatWest, Coots, Legal in General, the NHS. I wonder what that is in the NHS. Citibank. Look who's there. Guys Hospital. That's interesting. And many more. It says, visit visit for more information, www.10,000blackinterns.com to find out some more information. Yes. Applications are now open in August 2021. Um, so make sure you get your application in promptly. Yes. Um, I'd be quite interested to see what that is at Guys. Mm. Uh, Do you think it's a, um... So, um, the way I'm seeing it, it looks like there's a lot of, it's financial. Yeah. It's, uh, financial internships. Um, but I don't know. Well, Goldman and Sachs and all those companies are quite mm. big companies. Aren't invest- they? There's a lot of investment that goes on through those companies, yeah. investment banking and things like that. Yeah. So, Good yeah. evening, Chanel Taylor. How are you doing, Chanel? Yes, so that's a, a, some great opportunities there. So ten th- that's 2,000 paid internships. Yeah, you don't need to get for an in- paid and for an internship either. We've, we've put a link in the, the chat box. So come and join us in the chat room. You can get all the information there. Mm. And please share, share, share and share some more because it says don't delay, register below and join information webinar that takes place this August in 2021. And that's on www10000 
interns.com. All right, so that's one opportunity, as well as this other opportunity, Leash, and it's the, the government providing upskilling and reskilling for jobs. Yeah, so at the moment, and I can attest to this because I've been involved in something like this, the government are doing a lot of free funded courses yeah. um, from level twos, uh, I think I saw level threes, but mainly level two qualifications mm. um, that are allowing people to upskill. So upskilling is if you have, for example, got a management knowledge or something mm. like that, um, but you want to get a bit more information, you can upskill. So you can get a bit of training yeah. that helps you... Um, that build your potential for for employability. Mm. Um, so you have to go to the government website for that. Again, we're pasting the link into the chat as we do. Um, but there are a lot of um, free courses available from the government at the moment because obviously they're realising that employment rates are possibly being it's, pushed up a bit because yeah. of... Uh, the pandemic a lot of people got furloughed and then furlough ended and a lot of people lost, lost their, their jobs. jobs so yes do you know something that's come up as well and I did have it there on the schedule but there's something a bit more important that's pressing that we need to speak about um and that is the fact that there's no one to pick the crops mm. in the farm on the farms because all, for, because of brexit yeah a lot of the workers have been sent back so a lot of the, uh, the crops are rotting yeah yeah, it's funny because we went we went uh, berry picking last mm. week and a lot of the so like for example the strawberries a lot of them had gone off yeah um so you had really really nice red juicy strawberries and then right next to that you had a green turning strawberry wow. so then you couldn't get the nice red one red red one because it really had been touched yeah. by the one that's gone off so it doesn't surprise me yeah they're paying um, 20 pounds an hour that's quite pickers, good for pickers. So and, and it's know, very therapeutic. It's lovely. The funny thing is, is I, I've been watching this thing. It's called what's it called? Being human, and it's speaking about people that are on the dole. Yeah. And um, they go, they sign on to lots of young people as well. Like, yeah. oh, we ain't, can't get no jobs, and and I'm like, well, why don't they have some kind of thing where? unemployed people are able to go and pick what, what's what they most that? probably do but these are the sort of people that turn their nose up at jobs really yeah because i learned today actually i was having a conversation with someone today and i know of two people that have been previously um they have got mental health problems and mm. one of them is um i think she suffers from like personality disorder or something like that and then the other one's got really really bad anxiety and depression and has been suicidal and that kind of stuff um both of them have very good jobs mm. and they've managed to work their way up in those very good jobs that's what we were they've speaking about never last week Do you ever ticked that box that said i've got a disability yeah um and yeah what we said last week that you you just they're just getting on with it yeah you know, so when people do say, oh, you know, I've got this and I've got that ailment and I can't do this. And a lot of people now can get jobs that where you can work from home. So yeah. what's your excuse, no excuse. there? Mm. Mm. I, I was just, Ken's like, no, no, no. It's just um, you can't force people to do things. Yes, you can. But I think that if you're 
getting paid, then you, you need to do something for it, right? If you can mentally beat down people to get a vaccine, you can mentally beat down people to go and get a drug. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, know, it's that simple. Because one, one of the women in this programme, still benefits and stuff, um, she because she didn't go to the benefits office, they cut her cut money. Cut her off, yeah. So if you don't go and do the job, they, they should have like little vans and stuff. This is me just thinking. But that's what makes me box, laugh you know? is that you can go, you can get up at nine o'clock every week to go and pick up your doll money or whatever, or or go and say, oh, and look for the these bank. ten jobs. Yeah. Right. Or you can do that. Yeah. But you can't do that once a week for a ten hour a day shift yeah. once a week. I mean, what are your thoughts out there, listeners? How do you feel about the fact that? All the, the the crops are rotting in the fields. There's a lot of people that are possibly on the dole that are capable of working. Do you think that it's right for the government to say, hey, we'll send these guys, a, a van with these guys, and they can go and pick the crops? And one of the people, uh, one of the articles that I saw, it was highlighting about all oh, these farmers they're rich and they're all that but they work very hard you know of course they do we was we was wrecked after two hours of picking <laughs> you know what i mean we were my body ached for days wow. and all we did was walk up and down for two hours and pick strawberries mm. and uh, pull a couple of spinach out the floor wow See? So they work very, very hard. It's hard shifts. We do, what's it, body conditioning. Half of the body conditioning that you're doing is an action that a farmer does. Yeah. Hitting the tyre and pulling this and doing all of that stuff. Gardening's hard work. It is hard work. But um, going into something really serious now, Lily, and I am dumbfounded and shocked at what I uncovered in this article. Okay. Now, we're talking about um, children suffering horrendous sexual abuse in Lambeth care homes and officials ignored the fact that the, within care homes that these children suffered this sexual abuse. It's been covered up by Lambeth Council and I dread to think, I really dread to think how many other councils this has happened yeah. in. It says um, police urged to investigate cover-up of sexual abuse of ch a child who died in care. And it says children in care of Lambeth Council suffered decades of violent and sexual abuse as pawns in a toxic power game between local and central government. And an inquiry found this out. Yeah? Oh, wait. Yeah. Convicted paedophiles were allowed to work in children's homes yeah. across London, across the London borough. What? Yes. Lily, I'm going to show you something in a minute and you are going to be blown away, okay? Because when I saw this, when I looked at the... It's this one, the... It's the traffic and Convicted Offenders list. Yeah. You'd be shocked at who is on these lists. Let me see if we can get this up, uh, beautiful uh, people. I feel like we should get it up after. Okay, we'll get it up afterwards, okay? <laughs> Let's not trigger us now. Okay, so yes, these convicted paedophiles were allowed to work in children's homes across the London bor borough of Lambeth as a local authority failed to root out sexual abuse as well as bullying, intimidation, discrimination and violence. The, the independent inquiry into child sexual abuse has found. So within the care homes... 
this abuse has been going on. All right, so delivering a damning report on Tuesday, the inquiry chair, Professor Alexis J, said children in care in Lambeth were treated as worthless and exposed to levels of cruelty and sexual abuse that are hard to comprehend. I don't think that surprises me. And I think that's because I know, um, or from what I remember, Lambeth is one of the poorest Mm. boroughs in London. Um which makes no sense to me because it's the closest borough to certain places. Yes. Um, but they're obviously not putting money into the right places. Well, it's the funny thing is, when we look at the, the register of the child sexual convicted offenders, I, I read a book recently... And that's right, yes, yes, Chanel Taylor, I'm serious. This is going on as we speak. This is an inquiry that's been ongoing um, this year. And I, we were meant to speak about this before, but there's no time like the present. Uh, this has been going on for a long time because that woman, the book that I highlighted, she was in the care system. And the head teacher of the school that she was sent to, none of the none of the social workers and all those people were taking her seriously. Yeah. And as well as the police weren't listening, mm. all this stuff was going on. Yeah. But when we look, Lily, we're gonna look here now. Oh, I don't really okay, want to. Is, I know we don't want to want to well, there's no point in us looking at it because it's the, the, the conversation is for the for the audience. Yes, yes, but this is this is the scary part of it, um, listeners, because when we see what is going on, yeah, when we see this of the people that have been convicted sex offenders, a lot of them, can you see, Lily, what their occupations are? Yeah, I know. That doesn't surprise me. Teachers... People of um, high status, doctors, dentists, yeah. lawyers. It does, it, I'm sorry, that doesn't surprise Scout me. Scout leaders. Yeah. Care homeowners. It, do, it does not surprise me. It's shocking. Because you will, get, you will get people, and that people have been saying this for years. They've been saying it's in the church, the person that's leading the church. Yeah, it's in the school. It's in the... People have said this a thousand times over, but for some reason, it's like when you say something ten times, then you, you might get people response. go deaf. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Oh, yeah, we know it happens, but whatever. I remember being in school, and he did get fired, but I remember being in school, and one of our teachers um, kept on getting Happy Johnny in the lessons. I don't know if that's something he couldn't control. I couldn't. Uh, happy no, that's what I'm calling it because I do. I don't know if this is before Watershed and I'm allowed to say those kind of things online. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. And I don't know if that's because it, it was a condition, but I know that he got fired because of that. Mm. Because it's unacceptable. You are a male teacher in a in a girls' school, and that's happening to you and it's visibly happening mm. to you 
Do you understand? So it does not shock me. It doesn't shock me. When I think of how I used to interact with some of my male teachers, actually, their responses were extremely inappropriate. But as a older than 30-year-old woman, I can now look back on that and be like, oh, man, that was not appropriate. But in school... It's a ha ha he he. You just think it's a joke because as a as a fifteen year old girl, you're like, oh yeah, he's a really cool teacher. He's really nice. Some of those girls at that age were getting groomed. Mm-mm. I had one of my English teachers who I refused to go to his lesson after finding this out, but wrote a very very explicit novel, and it was about having relations with young girls. Jeez. Well, this this. Lambeth, this whole Lambeth situation, it's within the care system yeah. as well, which is quite sad because those youngsters... It's the forgotten children, isn't within it? ...within that care system have no voice. Yeah. They have no say. They're confined, as it were. And these people are taking advantage. We just saw And there. because they're in care, they're the people, they're the children that, oh, they're traumatised, so they don't know what's happening to them, so you mm. can't really believe anything that comes out of that child's mouth because they've come from that kind of a background. Yeah. Well, this was the same thing with this young girl. They said, oh, she's highly sexualised. But how can a nine or ten-year-old young girl be highly sexualised and you don't take this into consideration because yeah. she had been abused and she was, like, two years old? by her stepfather and no one would believe her nobody would believe her so much less if you're in foster care because there was even a foster carer on that convicted list yeah that they're in foster care but why are you surprised i feel like you're really surprised about this i was shocked lily i'm not even gonna lie there's so many stories yeah. and I maybe it's be- I don't know why I'm not shocked but mm. there have been so many stories that I've seen films that are based on true stories mm. where these this is the norm for some people it's not normal no it's not but it's always someone who has status it's yeah. always someone that has um authority. a lot of responsibility yeah. a lot of authority yeah yeah it's never the it's cleaner. I, I, and I, the funny thing is, when I saw this, because they was going in on David Lammy and also Dawn... Dawn, what's the lady we Mercer. spoke about? Is it the lady that got no, kicked out? No, that's someone else. Dawn, I can't remember her name. We spoke about her a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And they've totally ignored it. I think that Lambeth is a labour uh, jurisdiction. Yeah. And... No one's speaking about it. No one's talking about it. So when I saw this and it landed, I was like, what the hell? Mm. And looking further into it, and there's been a, this big cover-up. Um, it says it's one of the council's biggest care homes, Shirley Oaks. Allegations of sexual abuse were made against 177 members of staff. Oh, my goodness. 177 members of staff or individuals connected with the home. By June of last year. It says complaints of abuse have been made by 705 former residents over three care homes, Shirley Oaks, Angel Road and South Vale. That's a lot of people that have been abused and that's a lot of people doing the abusing. 177 people, like you said, in position of authority, in position of uh, care over over the individuals. Yet... 
they're not they're not really being cared for. I was watching this um another crime program once and it was there's a whole series on um clergymen mm. men of the cloth and it was a catholic school mm. that these young girls went to girls and boys went to and everyone was always scared to go in and see this one particular clergyman yeah and it was oh, because I've seen that. Yeah. yeah yeah it was because he was getting them to do sexual things to him mm. and Everybody knew it was happening. And instead of them going to the police, which they should have done, they transferred him to another school. Yeah, he... he... And it's like, well... They need to be... Why are you transferring them? Why are you not... Yeah. They need to be brought to justice. They need to be... But it looks bad on them, doesn't it? It looks bad on them because they've employed this person... On that list, there were vicars, bishops. But, oh, that doesn't surprise me. They're always Everything. the ones that have been mentioned there. Um, Chanel says, that was, that's what it was like in my school too. I went to an all-girls secondary and a lot of them preyed on the girls in the school, even going as far to having a reputation for looking under desks to see undergirl skirts, etc. Stop it. It always made me uneasy having male teachers preyed. It's just so unfortunate how much gets done and brushed under the carpet due to people not caring or not believing. That's and wrong. this is the thing, how can you be scared to wear a skirt to school? I'm sorry. I, oh, mate, this is what I guess. Do you know what it is? It's just, I cannot, I cannot. That I've got two, two daughters and if, <laughs> if it was even suggested mm. that oh mummy that teacher is blah, blah. it was there was one time I was picking Jayla up from school was it the vicar and there's a vicar that's always there at the yeah. school and she was fine when she was walking up to me and then she saw him and she grabbed onto my arm she I said oh what's the matter she goes oh nothing nothing and then we kept on walking and that was the first thing that came to my head and I'm just like I I can't mm. I can't be that I, because you, oh gosh, I don't even know. I don't even want to think about what my actions would be like. Because you just, what? I'm sending my child to school and you're, 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 you're scared to wear a skirt because your teacher's looking under your table. The thing is, that school, we're talking about these care homes. Where are children protected? What are your thoughts out there, listeners, when it comes to youngsters within the care system? Because... They are the forgotten children. Yeah. And I know that in some cases, because I saw this woman, because she wouldn't vaccinate her child, they took the child away. Then she had a baby. Then they took that baby away. That was in America, yeah. yeah. She wouldn't give it B12 injection. Yeah. Mm. Like, how it's dare even, they? It's not even a requirement. How dare they? It's not a requirement, but people can just come and make decisions over your life, take over your household, and, and wreck and ruin just something that is... Right. Like the, with that case in America, it was the the doctor, mm. and the, I think she's being investigated. A doctor has been making a lot of false accusations over parents, but and why? saying they that the they're kids? neglecting because of testing. So you think a, a oh my gosh, newborn babies, mm. a lot of their um, umbilical cords are kept for research. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
there may be other reasons why they want to keep the babies. Maybe they want to sell them into the adoption system. I don't know yeah. what they're doing. But this particular doctor has been um, is being investigated because she's made a lot of fraudulent um, accusations about parents, black parents, neglecting and abusing their children. Mm. I mean, the baby's just been born. What is the proof of, of the neglect? neglect? Yeah. Um, and the parents, in that case, they got the baby taken away. I don't know if the baby's been given back. No. But... She is being investigated. And going into foster care, and the foster care is the worst place for them to be because that's where the abuse begins. Yeah. That's where the abuse starts. And they these people stop at nothing to start even on an humble, on a newborn child. Yeah. It's that disgusting. It's that degraded yeah. that these things are, are going on. And, I mean, Lambeth Council, they are um, under investigation. Okay, so they've been under investigation since last year, but that's a lot of numbers, like 177 members of staff um, being uh, looked at and 705 former residents, these victims of these care homes. And it's just, it's crazy. It really is crazy. And a lot, we, we're not hearing about it. So we need to... It's we're to, about COVID. Yeah, that's that is the main thing. But all these things are happening, and what do we do in this situation? Can't do anything. What do what? Because these youngsters, they don't have a voice. They don't have parents. They don't have no one to. Fight Unless you're corner. willing to become a foster carer and taking a batch of children, mm. you can't do anything. Mm. You know what? What can you do? Unless you, the people in power aren't even doing anything. What are you as a lay person? A lot of them in power are doing are the ones that are doing this thing as well, aren't they? Yeah. We've put it in there. I've put a list of these convicted um, offenders into the chat box because at the end of the day, it's good to to have an idea. When like swimming instructors, gym instructors. Sometimes though, I think it's just too you know, much. It is, and they've all been convicted. No, as in like you would be on like. Sometimes that information is too much information. Like there's mm. some things that I just would prefer not to know. I know, but some I don't want to sit down and read a list of people that are convicted sex offenders, and then I got to send my children to school because I have no choice. Do you know what I mean? It's not. But to be forearmed is to forewarned to be forearmed. No, it's yeah. not because then you you do, you're put in a position of we already are going through a. A time where a lot of people are dealing with anguish and anxiety mm. because of just current circumstances, and this just adds to it to think that I can't even so keep my children safe. You can because as a parent, you need to let them know and speak to them about these things. Yeah, so if but that's happens, that's better than seeing a list of names. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. But it's about us as parents giving our youngsters a heads up. Yeah. And helping to know um, this is this is good behaviour and someone shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. Someone should... This is fine, but this isn't fine. Yeah. And then once they're aware of that, if it, if it happens and, you know, a lot of them say, oh, don't... This is our little secret. Don't tell nobody. Yeah. If you hear those words, you come and tell mummy. Yeah. Those kind of things. Yeah. Okay? These kids in the care homes, they ain't got no one to go to and go tell. To, yeah. 705 victims there 
and they've got not a leg to stand on and that's their childhood just taken mm. away from them so beautiful people we shall see y'all because we're going to do the 10x for that are we not going to answer the question? Oh, yeah, we've got to answer the question, haven't we? Yeah. So, the question was... Uh, should we go back to it? Sorry, guys. The question was... Uh, you win the lottery. How would you go about telling your boss that you quit? Now, we were asking this question because... <laughs> I saw in the news that someone took... Or should I just say defecated? That's probably the best way to do it. Defecated on their boss's desk. They wee-weed on the floor and they did it. Yes, on the table and left them a gift. I think that's a bit going a bit too far, though. But he didn't it? even win! <laughs> he didn't he even didn't win! win. <laughs> it was premature. He basically... I don't know why he thought he had won the lottery, but something had obviously come through with you're a winner or something and before this person did their research they went and mash up the, the, the thing and i'm leaving and cussed at everyone and did his defecation and whatever urination only to find out that actually he hadn't won oh that's terrible and the thing is you can be arrested for that yeah he did he got charged yeah you can be arrested for that what was it it was um Oh, indecent, indecent conduct, conduct yeah. yes oh my <laughs> we have some uh, really good answers here in the facebook group so thomas brennan says with appreciation and respect just like i would if i hadn't won the lottery yeah. winning a lottery doesn't mean you have to become an ass exactly in fact it should result in a better you not a worse you exactly and um, heather says just don't turn up call him on the phone especially if they've been awful boss but a nice boss would speak to him personally and thank him, LOL, then say bye. Thank you. Would you give up your job if you were I wouldn't leave. Lottery? I'm no. going to be honest. I wouldn't quit my job. Yeah, that's what, um, that's what um, Niambi said. I wouldn't yeah. actually quit. Niambi says, um, it's, I'd set up a meeting but request to stay on the payroll. I wouldn't quit. Yes, I'd yeah. reduce my days. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, well, I work this amount of days. Maybe can I just do one or two? Mm. And then when they ask me why, I'd be like, I just, I feel like um, it's a bit much for me. I think I need to take some time for myself, <laughs> you know, some personal development, maybe travel a little bit, mm. you know. That's what Tony They don't need to know that I've got loads of money now. Yeah. Tony says he'd send them a postcard. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. wouldn't quit. And Lorraine says she's her own boss. I tell me to, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> and this one here, Gordon says he put his feet on the boss's desk like um, Spock. Oh, my day. So I don't think I'd quit my job. I don't know. Investments. I didn't, uh, yeah. I wouldn't quit. I wouldn't defecate. Because you can win the lottery, but a lot of people have won the lottery and a couple of years later they're broke again. Yeah. And these are the people that are like, oh, millionaire and they've splurged they bought a house they bought a couple of cars they've gone on holiday they quit their job and then they're not they've got no revenue what is the lottery what's what's the amount that you get depends doesn't it okay. it fluctuates you can 35 million 75 okay, million quite a lot. it's quite a lot you can win loads right but some people are not it's about being financially literate yes because you can, like they say, you can give a poor man a fish and yeah. he'll be fed for a day. 
teach a poor man how to fish he'll eat, eat for a lifetime yes. you teach that person how to how to keep their money not just to spend it mm. the rich stay rich because they know how to keep their money yeah and they spend everyone else's money as exactly. well, don't they? so um chanel says you definitely need to be humble mm. because as quick as you got it is as quick as you can lose it too. exactly so exactly. totally totally true in the fact of yeah Staying humble and staying on payroll if you want to, like you said, reducing your time. I would, I wouldn't quit. But definitely not say, oh, Michelle, I must say what Michelle says, because she's quite funny. And I said, um, she said, um, if I won the lottery, I would walk into my boss's office, give him one box, tell him to stick his job, and I quit. (laughs) You can't do that, people. It would give her the most satisfaction. So he must be not such a nice boss. You know, some some bosses can be horrible. I I may... I may go and tell a few people about themselves (laughs) in not so many things. But you you can't fire me, if I'm being honest. (laughs) Just being honest. And then I'll sit there every day, Mm. knowing I don't have to be here. And I'm here... To she watch you to be, be better. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll Crazy. keep on getting promoted and then they'll be their boss. And then when they win the lottery, they can tell me, ah, you can stop your job. No, I'm joking. <laughs> what does the 10x rule say, Lily? Oh, it's a quick job. That's what it says. A big thank you to everyone for tuning in tonight. I'm not feeling the greatest today. I've just had a, a rough, rough start. But you know what? The show has to go on. And um, can you see all right, Lily? Not really. In that book. Do you want to switch your light on? And uh, we're going to go in through the, the 10X rule. We really do thank you for your company. Bigging up all of the DJs. Please check the schedule. Tomorrow we have Darnell, the therapist, as well as Charlie Muir, on from 7 till 9. Darnell's on from uh, 9 to 11. And DJ Lara will follow me this evening. So, Lily, what does the 10X rule say? So, the 10X rule says... Reach up in relationships. If it were up to me, this world, this would be a basic course for everyone. Sorry. This would be a basic course for every year that someone attended school. It would include drills in which people are encouraged to do things that they are not comfortable doing. The successful constantly talk about having people around them who are smarter, brighter and more creative. It's unlikely that you'll hear one of them say, I got here by surrounding myself with more people just like me. Yet the average person typically spends his or her time with like-minded people or even those who bring less to the table than they can. Make a habit of reaching up in all of your relationships towards people who are better connected, better educated and even more successful. And that's very true, actually, because... I found that when you are with like-minded people, it's great. Mm. You can bounce off of one another and you can function. But they don't help you to level up. Yeah. Whereas when you go that step up and you go to the person that's above you, the, the manager and their manager and you start having those kind of relationships, the people that are like-minded start laughing at you, for mm. one. Um, or telling you, why are you doing this? You know, yeah. you're doing better, blah, blah, blah. Right. Uh-huh. And then you start elevating yourself and realising that 
yeah, you need to you need to up your game. Yeah. And you'll work in a way that makes you push yourself to improve when those people are still at the same level that they've been at. And I think that's what Marcus Garvey, in highlighting about him tonight, that's what he did, wasn't he? He showed us what we can do as a people, that we can grow economically rich. I mean, he had a liner, a boat for crying out loud. Yeah. He had the factories and shops and all this kind of stuff. And that he done that in 1919. Mm. We're now in 2021, over 100 years on. And how how are we showing that we're levelling up? How mm. are we making that progress? How are we elevating ourselves as well as helping to elevate others mm. if they want that elevation mm-hmm. because at the end of the day like Grant Cardone said that there isn't it it's about pulling pulling up pulling up reaching up yeah and are we willing to do that because it does take some exertion as well yeah it does. it's not bloody easy it's not easy at all yeah and um sorry I just um kind of swore there but you know it's 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 a constant work in progress consistency mm. and trying to make that those moves forward mm. you know yeah so level up people level up level up because that's what it's all about so beautiful people we thank you so much for your time tonight and i guess all we have left to say to y'all is we'll see, see y'all, y'all on, on the, the other, other side. side take care <laughs>